believe it or not, you're probably not going to get venture investment uh, by wowing investors with your technical prowess. We speak with Skip Sims this week in the Tech Emergence Podcast, who is Senior Vice President of Ann Arbor Spark, uh, as well as Managing Member in the Michigan Angel Fund. And he speaks with us this week about how to convey complex technologies to uh, investors, angel or otherwise, who don't necessarily have your technical expertise and still get the investment. Similarly, he tells us a little bit about some companies he's seen do that job well and some he's seen do that job not so well and how uh, aspiring companies are aiming to raise funds might do a better job of convincing investors to get in on technology that they may not have personal experience with, something that many AI company founders will have to deal with in one way, shape, or form. Uh, so without further ado, Skip Sims. So Skip, uh, being in the investing world now in the, the angel fund out there in Michigan, um, you've likely seen founders presenting complex technologies, sometimes emerging technologies you, you folks have invested in drone companies and all sorts of, of other relatively complex and newer tech. You've seen some people probably hit it out of the park in terms of distilling complex technology and business models into something that really garners trust from an investor. And you've probably seen other people fall flat on their face. Um, what do the people who do it right do to convey something complex to a business person and investor like yourself? Well, the first thing they need to do is dumb it down. Uh, make it very simple, uh, easy to understand in plain English. Um, my pet peeve is acronyms that are not explained. If I'm not familiar with that industry and you throw out an acronym, it means nothing to me. You've just wasted my time um, and kind of turned me off. So the guys that have knocked it out of the park are those who have been able to uh, very clearly identify their value proposition, uh, what market they're in, what their product does, why it's better than anything out there, how they're going to get to market, and uh, you know what the uh, scalability is, how they're going to scale it uh, quickly, who they are, and why they are the people that can execute yeah. on the plan that they're proposing. Mm -hmm. So it's all those key basics, but it's putting it very simply. So that in a very short period of time, in short sentences, um, and like I said, plain English, that I can understand it uh, quickly and easily. Those are the ones that knock it out of the park. Those that mess up and do it poorly are the ones, uh, and quite often they need a little help from an accelerator or some mentor or somebody. Uh, it's the, the founder quite often is an engineer or a yeah. discoverer or researcher. And he's all hung up, he or she hung up on their product. Yep. And they spend way too much time just talking about the product and uh, drilling down into what's magic about the product. As an investor, if I'm interested, I'll get into that later. You've got to get past the first hurdle uh, for me to do it later. And that is just get me to understand the basics yep. and generally what it does. I'll give you on the first pass the benefit of the doubt that your product works. I don't need to know what the inner workings are yet. Yeah. I just, I just need to know what it does. And then, uh, then talk to me about the market and whether or not you've done market validation, et cetera, those kinds of things. Got it. So beginning, beginning with, Hey, let's assume that, you know, you're, you're not coming here with something bogus. 
Um, let, let's assume that, uh, you know, the, the, the technology works, put the pieces to the puzzle as to why this is a business opportunity. And then if, if that even makes sense as, as a puzzle in and of itself, then we can go into each piece and actually take a peek. But if, if there's no coherent picture here of how this is going to be a business proposition, why are we talking? It sounds like that's kind of the, the frame. That's, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. The whole idea of the first meeting is to get a second meeting. Yeah. And the only way to get a second meeting is to end the first meeting, which is going to be relatively short. Um, I understand that there's a big opportunity here. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, enough to to pique the interest and curiosity, but show enough of the meat and thinking and, and market opportunity and paint that in clear enough language for a business person to understand. And I, I think um, I, probably a lot of investors have struggled with the, the technical founder that's really most interested in the technical side of things and, and maybe uh, hasn't been in a position to invest their own money, maybe hasn't been an entrepreneur yet and can't really talk executive talk or can't really talk kind of just bigger business picture um, in terms of, of what's, what are going to be the drivers of, of revenue. The folks who, who do it right, obviously, as you had mentioned, dumb it down and make that, that initial puzzle coherent. Um, do you hear of founders who are practicing this somehow, getting feedback to the point where they are able to distill it? There's probably some great companies that you folks may have seen that if they could have said it right in the first 20 minutes, you might have called them back. But, you know, because they were hung up on technology, you missed them and maybe they were a good opportunity, but they just they didn't quite hit the, you know, hit the mark there. Um, are there ways where you've heard of founders or maybe even have founders tell you of ways that they learned how to convey this to investors and business people? I wouldn't say I've had anybody tell me uh, specifically that here's the template or here's, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. here's the memo I read or here's the magic kind of formula. Um, I think it takes uh, practice, takes training, and it takes either uh, an organization that uh, has an accelerator type program that can uh, provide you over the course of uh, you know, several educational events, if you will, that teach you these things, yep. um, or a mentor that's spending a fair amount of time explaining these things to you. It's not something you're going to learn in one setting no, no. in 45 minutes. Uh, it's going to take a little time. It's going to take practice. And that's where you've got to have people helping you out that are patient and, uh, you know, are willing to hang in with you for several tries before you, you get it honed in and uh, correct. Now, I will... Uh, say this too, you made a comment of, you know, after you're not going to get more than 20 minutes. Well, in some cases, uh, the, the, some of these that do it poorly or haven't done it before, uh, they don't get one minute. I can read an executive summary and in less than a minute, we'll make a decision whether or not I even want to have a second phone call. Yeah. yeah. So it's got to be very tight, very concise, very compelling in a very short, uh, presentation or message got it so and and it sounds as though again you know you you won't the investors aren't there it's not because they're bad people but they're not there for training on you know pitches and summarizing a value proposition so unfortunately you don't really get you know four or five tries in front of a venture group that's something you got to find business people people that can poke the same holes in your presentation but who like you said have the patience and can actually work with you long enough to to get in enough practice. Sounds like that's a take home. Yeah, message. and you're raising another you're raising another interesting point, and that is the investors, whether we're talking an angel or a venture capitalist, uh, 
we all see lots of deals. Yep. So that entrepreneur has to understand, and quite often they don't appreciate the fact that they're competing with a hundred other people just like them yep. who are trying to get my attention. And uh, that's, you know, and we're only going to, out of the hundred people that are trying to get our attention, we're probably over the course of a year, we're only going to invest in two, five, six of them, maybe. Yeah. Um, so keep that in perspective. And it's not that we're being mean. It's not that we're being rude. Not at all. Um, you're, you know, you're competing for those investment dollars. Yep. And I, and I think, uh, thinking like it, thinking, thinking of it as a competition is probably a good frame. You know, competition requires preparation. A competition requires knowing what the rules of the competition are going to be and how wins are made and how other people are pitching and presenting and how you can be more compelling. I mean, it's, it's like any other game that, Involves winning any other competition at all, so I think that's a, a worthwhile analogy. Um, you had touched. Good way on to put it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had mentioned something that I thought was pretty interesting, and I think this is probably different per investor, but I would guess that there's a lot of crossover. You talked about uh, pet peeves, one of them being acronyms. You know, this this guy's in some crazy biochem field with a probably what you know could be a reasonable business proposition, but he's throwing out you know. ACMU or random random acronyms from that jargony world that you don't quite understand. That's a good one to bear in mind. And I think anyone who's potentially pitching investors could and ought to look through their presentations and think through what does your average business person not already know and how can I make sure I spell it out easily for them? What are what are one or two other pet peeves, things that when you sort of see them off the bat, you already get that sinking feeling like, you know what, I, I'm just not feeling like a second meeting's going to happen here. What are the other ones that kind of get under your, your skin there? Almost every investor uh, will tell you the number one uh, criteria for them to make an investment decision is the team, and in particular, the founder slash CEO, if you will, yeah. depending on the stage. If a person comes off, and a lot of them do, arrogant. Uh, that they know it all, that they're the smartest person in the room, you know, I'm done. Um, next. So that's a pet peeve uh, that people need to be aware of and sensitive to. Uh, what else? I think that quite often we'll see a business plan when we do get to the second visit. We'll see a business plan and a poor pro forma that don't match. They'll have, they'll have one set of numbers in their business plan that don't match the numbers that are in their pro forma. Uh, another another pet peeve if you're not paying attention grammar spelling even that matters to me anyway um, you know an occasional typo that's not what I'm talking about but if you your grammar basically is uh, is poor or there are a lot of misspellings that's a turn off and I'm not interested got it yeah I mean you have to stay attuned to I guess as many little flags along the way as you can as a guy looking at 100 to yeah. 100 of these things. Yep. Yep. Got it. Okay. So th those are hopefully worthwhile ones for, for folks tuned in to sort of bear in mind too. Um, on the flip side of this, we're talking about um, what you've seen it, uh, founders present well or not well and what are what are the winners often doing? What are what are the folks who are losing it right off the bat? What are, they, what are their pitfalls? The other side of this coin, I think, is how a fellow like yourself and, and so many other investors who invest across many fields. And I think there's a lot of folks that don't just stay inside one niche domain, you know, of, of let's say robotics or of, you know, the, there's some of those, but I think there's a lot of broader funds. 
Um, you've got to now uh, putting you know putting your own bucks and 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 the, the other folks in the fund into a company. You've got to be able to take technologies that maybe nobody has a PhD in, and and maybe if they do, it's not all that relevant to the brand new developments that maybe you're working on in this business model. How how do you folks as business people and investors? Do your own homework. Never mind what someone gives you in a pitch. Do your own homework as to what is the validity of the technical idea here, stuff that you never went to school for, you never studied, but now you got to figure out if it's worth putting dollars into. Um, where do you go for your own homework? Investors network just like we encourage entrepreneurs to network. Mm. Investors know other investors. We know other people with expertise that we don't have, that we're not afraid to pick up the phone and say, hey, Jack. Uh, I know you're familiar with this space. Here's what this company broadly does. Give me some feedback. Uh, tell me what I ought to be looking for. Refer me to somebody else I can talk to. So we work the phones uh, just like an entrepreneur should uh, in trying to drum up customers, et cetera. We, we, you know, we use our LinkedIn connections and our other connections and, um, and getting other people's opinions. Uh, that's the core. Of, what, of how we do that. Got it. Okay. Okay. So it's it's uh, looking at who else is investing in these kind of technologies. Maybe who's an investor familiar with this field. Maybe who do I know connected to the investor network who does have a lot of explicit experience in this particular domain, and then um, you know pick a couple brains like that to start to almost you know not shortcut, but you know you, you have to you have to be able to make a decision without getting your own PhD here to sort of. Have right. them be the sift for the validity of the idea, and then just have them convey that to you. Yeah, Got it. and then they'll refer me to somebody else, and they'll refer me to somebody else, and and uh, in a relatively short period of time, we can get a good enough picture to decide whether or not to go forward, and whether or not the person's blowing smoke, uh, uh, or if there's a real real deal here. Indeed, and and uh, with with respect to, uh, to to blowing smoke. Um, as a final topic, you had you had mentioned um, founders, you know, folks that come in with with uh, you know a little bit of the attitude that they know it all and that they're the smartest person in the room, as you had so put it. There's there's sort of two sides of that coin as to how I view it. Not being a formal investor, I'm interested as to which of these uh, is is the one that sort of ticks you guys off. Um, you know, when someone comes in with such such an, an attitude, I think as you put it. Um, number one, that's, it's just a bit abrasive in general. I think across all of humanity, normally when someone is acting as though they are high and mighty, normally that garners resentment in and of itself. It's a dangerous thing to do if you're a boss, you know, just because you can garner resentment, even if you're a good boss and you're actually very smart, uh, or whatever, and, and accomplished and whatever. The other side of it is that it might be a seed of, uh, of, a kind of hubris that could cause a business to fail. Is it is it a combination of both that that worries you and turns you guys off? Is it more one than the other? Oh, it's a combination of the two. Um, I think there needs to be a, a good personal relationship between the investor and the uh, founder. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and so if a person's personality rubs you wrong. Uh, it's not someone you're going to want to work with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's easy to, to move on. Um, so there has to be that personality fit. Um, so hopefully that answers the no, question. No, it, it does. It does. I think that's another important facet. You know, it's not just have you conveyed, you know, do, do your, does your pro forma match your business plan? Um, can you dumb down the science? It's also, 
you know, can you find yourself a bond with the investor? And I think probably at an early yeah. stage that that matters all the more, right? Because you don't have, you're not a, yeah. a, a private equity guy. You're not looking at 10 years of how well this business has performed and making a math decision. You really are making a, a quite personal and, you know, not, not to make it sound like it's not both a science and an art, but there's kind of a lot of art to navigating where we're going to put our dollars in something relatively unproven. And so I think it's important for uh, entrepreneurs to know that nailing relationship and really dialing that down and, and finding a, a, a fit in terms of a legitimate friendship level or, or professional level bond with the investor, that's another big box to check if you want to be successful, it sounds like. You're exactly right. Perfecto. Well, Skip, we are right about on time. I'm glad that we got to uh, get through all of these topics. Um, I sincerely appreciate you sharing your investor perspective here on the Tech Emergence Podcast. Happy to do it. Thank you. That wraps up today's episode here on the Tech Emergence Podcast, and thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to stay in touch with our latest interviews with C-level executives, top researchers, and thinkers in the domains of AI and the intersection of technology and intelligence, then make sure to subscribe here on iTunes or visit us on our main website at techemergence.com where you can see all of our interviews broken down by category as well as articles, news, market research, and trends in artificial intelligence. If you found this episode particularly thought-provoking, feel free to leave your thoughts in a review here on iTunes or you can feel free to reach out to us at our main website. Thanks as always for tuning in and I'll catch you next week.